0: Welcome to the Rays Tales Podcast, presented by the Tampa Bay Times. Beat writer Mark Topkin will be with you
1: next.
0: And welcome to what is now the fifth episode of the Rays Tales Podcast. This is Mark Topkin, the longtime beat writer for the Tampa Bay Times and Bay.com, covering the Rays. We're going to share with you a couple of conversations in this episode. One, as part of an interview Kevin Kiermeyer did with a group of reporters in Miami the other day, and I thought it was a very candid conversation in how he talked about dealing with the extended slump he's been in. And then we'll visit with one of my favorites, one of several of my favorites, uh, the people I get to hang out with as part of my job, fortunate enough to get that opportunity, Andy Freed, part of the great radio team that covers the Rays along with Dave Wills and Neil Solance and Chris Mueller on the production side and a bunch of those guys that are all uh, very smart and very good to talk to. We're going to talk a little bit about the Rays to this point. We're a little over a month into the season right now, and uh, I think as we've talked about on this podcast, and as I've certainly written in the Tampa Bay Times, I think they've actually done well to be hanging around the 500 mark given what they've been dealing with, specifically the absence of their starting shortstop in Matt Duffy, the absence of their planned starting left fielder, Colby Rasmus, who just joined the team uh, this week in Miami. The injuries to the bullpen, obviously the absence of Brad Boxberger, who hasn't pitched all year. Early season injuries to Tommy Hunter and Xavier Cedeno, maybe uh, illustrating that they could have or should have gone out and gotten another dominant reliever during the offseason. I mean, they did pick up Sean Tollison, but he too has been hurt, hasn't pitched yet. His future's a little foggy. And then the need that they did address actually on Wednesday morning uh, calling up Jose Alvarado to have a lefty in the bullpen and, and that's something that Andy when Andy Fried and I talked they hadn't done yet and his comments kind of illustrate to you the need for a lefty. But anyway I think to the Rays to this point, uh, and as they finish off the series with the Marlins and then host the Blue Jays and then the Royals on this homestand, I think we'll have a little better read on things. I know uh, a lot of people say April is kind of the feeling out month, and May is when you really can determine things. I know I used to always think of Memorial Day as the first time I really looked at the standings, but I think we've found over the years that teams that have a better April, naturally, common sense will tell you, have a better chance to be playing into October. So anyway, as I said, this is Mark Topkin with the Tampa Bay Times. We're going to share a couple conversations with you. The first was Kevin Kiermeyer. and it's interesting how different players deal with slumps. There's some guys that'll tell you they don't even know what their stats are. They're not sure if they are 10 for 20 or 0 for 20. At least that's what they say. I don't know that I really believe that. I actually go back to uh, an interesting anecdote when I first started covering the Rays in the very... Fr- it would have been the first year, I think, in 98, it certainly was either 98 or 99 a little bit in awe back then obviously you know being a beat writer for the first time and then this is your job being around major league players every day and you know the Rays early on had a couple of pretty big name players and one of them was funny was Wade Boggs obviously a local Tampa product or you know grew up in Tampa a guy I was certainly uh, had covered before and was realizing he was on his way to the Hall of Fame and here he was with the Rays so kind of a unique opportunity he came up to me one day in spring training and he said uh we had a mistake in the what was then the St. Pete Times, and you know, obviously I was you know concerned, as I would be any time uh, when a player comes up and goes, oh, I tell you there's a mistake, and I was curious. I didn't think I'd written anything about Wade in the last few days, and he, you know, the paper was there, I think on a table in the clubhouse, and he showed it to me. We had a mistake in his spring training statistics. So this was a guy on the verge of 3,000 hits to go to the Hall of Fame and he noticed that there was a mistake in his spring training statistics. As I said, other players don't pay nearly as close attention. The point of this being, Kevin Kiermaier has been, for an extended period of time, in a rough slump. As far as you know, he, uh, not making good contact, striking out a lot, not getting on base, all the things that Kevin Kiermaier usually does to help the Rays win, he hasn't been doing for a couple weeks now. And, said, It was a little bit of an interesting interview, a little bit candid on how much it was bothering him, how he felt lost, how he was searching for something at the plate. So we're going to share that with you now. Uh, as I said, he talked to a couple of reporters in the clubhouse in Miami on Monday, and here's what he had to say. You know, I, I
2: always say every year that, you know, I want to work on my consistency, and, you know, that's when I'm at my best when, you know, I just kind of, find that happy medium and, you know, this is probably the worst worst stretch of my career thus far but, um, you know, I take a lot of pride on the adjustments I can make on my own and, you know, if you can't do that in baseball, um, you won't be around this game if you can't make adjustments on the fly, like sit on your own right. and for me, I, I've had a tough time doing that and um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where no excuses at all, it's just Seems like every day we're we're facing a good pitcher, but you know I, I, I can't say it because I've gotten pitches to hit. But it's just been one of those stretches where I'm, I'm not really feeling too comfortable or confident at the plate right now. And. Um, i play a lot better when i'm a lot more confident and uh you know right now i'm just i'm searching to to get that comfort back in in the batter's box and you know it's amazing what this you know i go back i look back at what i did versus tigers and i couldn't i feel like i couldn't get out and then you know like i said no excuses well my body was battling something and um you know, for whatever reason, things just kind of took a turn for the worse from there on. And like I said, I've been searching ever since, and uh, I, I don't mind getting out or you know slumping a little bit. But I, you know, I'm not I'm not in the ball hard at all, and it's just my bats have been really bad. And the worst part about it is when you don't make a contribution to the team. And you know, I've been up in some big situations that haven't come through. and that's what eats at me the most but you know it, it's not a good feeling when uh you know i'm waking up every morning i'm like man you know what what can i do today to to uh you know better myself and or i help myself and help the team out and uh you know i don't take my bats to the outfit or anything like that you know i i'm not gonna sit here and let anyone know that i'm being bothered by it but you know like i said this has been a, a rough stretch for me and um i just want to get back to you know, seeing the ball and stop thinking up there in the batter's box. This game becomes a lot more difficult when you're sent there thinking about all the mechanics and everything to your swing and you know that's what I've been dealing with. I'm just being honest right now and uh, not trying to give away any secrets. It's just it's been a, it's been a rough week and a half for me. Two things Kevin first have you been able to separate offense and defense during this stretch and also you've always been a max effort guy
0: yeah
2: as a, a small part of you trying to make even another gear based on the new deal well I mean you know that's that's a thing where uh, you know I, I always expect a, a lot out of myself and I think my teammates expect the same you know whether I'm on league minimum or I'm making uh, whatever the contract you know it's one of those things where you know I, I don't think about that I just this is uh it's one of those things where I just I want to show why that the Rays are you know giving me the contract what they gave me and you know it's not based off what I've done the past week and a half it, it's just it's one of those things where like I said I, I mean I'm not trying to compare myself to others but you know everyone has these uh, these stretches I remember actually talking to Derek Jeter in Cuba last year and he said he asked me how I was feeling I said you know I feel pretty you know going in that Cuba game I said I feel pretty good um, blah, blah blah. Why? And he goes, Well, it, you know, the best players in the game bounce back from when they go. Over, for, over for 30, over for 40, and he goes. It's not a matter of when that's or if that's going to happen. He says when it's going to happen, and he was telling me about a couple of rough stretches in his career. and It makes you kind of take a step back and say, you know, even the best players in the game struggle at some at some points. Like I said, it doesn't make me feel any better about myself, but I just know that this game is is not easy by any means, especially hitting.
1: Uh,
2: this is such a game of failure, but um, you know, like I said, right now I'm just I'm searching, trying to get back to, you know, going up there, feeling confident at the plate, and uh, trying to be a tough out again, because, uh, you know, like I said, lately, just, that's not been the case, unfortunately, and it's just about coming to the yard every day with a clear mind, and, you know, saying today is a new day, and uh, I haven't turned over that new leaf just yet, but I'm, I'm hoping to do that here soon, but I'm in, I'm in good spirits, I'm happy, life is good, um, so, I, I you know, there's other ways, where, you know, if I said if struggling on the baseball field, it's the worst thing then, then i'm doing okay and like i said you know at the end of the day we need to go out there and perform but um I'll, I'll figure it out i always do and uh i'm not too worried about it but definitely not pleased the way i've i've performed the past but week. you don't think
1: it's all spilled over to you i mean we haven't seen anything
2: but. no no i mean i always i always tell guys uh you know if i'm especially if i'm not getting hits i'm gonna try to do even more out there defensively and uh you know try to stay on the field one way or another but um you know, i'm gonna go out there and handle my business the way i always do i don't really have extra motivation to it's just because i'm not hitting to play better defense i'm always going to go out there and play the way i do regardless but um like i said i mean you know made, made a couple nice throws here in the past week and i said at least i'm making some kind of contribution, but like I said, it'd be great to get feeling good in there again and you know, it's I'm one of those guys where if I get, you know, square up two balls in a row, then I feel like I'll be good to go from there, but it's just it's going to take that, that one good swing and good hard contact of uh, you know, getting me back to feeling right, so until then um, you know, we'll see what happens but like I said, I'm in good spirits I know this game, you know, can be a real you uh, I'm trying to think of how to say without.
0: <laughs> this
2: game can be very humbling. And, uh, you know, right now I'm in that position. But, like I said, it's just not sitting here complaining, holding my head, you know, pouting about it. Just need to get better. That's final, I mean, that's the only way to put it. So, I'm looking forward to you know, hopefully make an impact in the game sooner or later tonight. But, um, like I said, tonight I think just a, a good mental day for me to kind of take a break and, you know, like I said, hopefully come in fifth, fifth inning on and, and make an impact any way I
0: can. Well, do, you, do you think in any way it's related to when you were sick? I mean, if it is coincided with that. You know, I, I hate referring to
2: that. And, like I said, it, I hate sounding like a broken record, but with along with that sickness there's other things going on with my body as well and it it really it really made me feel uncomfortable playing and right like I said I mean it's one of those things where you know I'm sitting here maybe got out a couple times and you know I had no chance against Mike Fires or Charlie Morton when we played the Astros and you know maybe me subconsciously saying okay I think I need to change something and then ever since sorry ever since um, especially that second game versus Houston where I felt like I had no chance. And, uh, you know, like I said, maybe subconsciously wanted to change something. Like I said, ever since then, it's like, okay, where, where am I putting my hands? How, am, how are my feet setting up? And, you know, when I think, I'm that's when... Things aren't going uh, as planned for me, I guess you could say. And uh, I just, I go back to that series, and I said, I wish I could redo this past week and a half. Baseball doesn't work like that. But um, yeah, I, I like said, the key for me is just I got to get back to feeling in a good setup in the box and and just seeing the ball hitting the ball. I can't think about anything, and uh, you know that's what I've been doing. And you know, I, I think it's pretty obvious for everyone who watches our games that you know, I haven't been myself. But So it's going to take that one or two good at bats where I'll get clicking again and you know, like I said, hopefully just be a competitive out and uh, you know have good quality of bats from there on out. So would you think you would have driven Cash crazy by the fourth and the fifth inning and didn't have to be a champion? I hope so. Uh you know, I, I know they're gonna put me in there regardless sooner or later. But uh so I, I wanna play in each and every game. So I don't I don't want this you know, a mental day off for the start but you know, I wanna help the team one way or another. And uh, you know if it's going in playing defense for two, three innings, hey, okay, I'll do whatever, but um, like I said, definitely looking forward to contributing to the team here once again, and uh, I'll figure it out, so. It. How do you plan to pass the time? What's that? How do you plan to pass the time? Uh, get some, do some power shagging and BP today, get a little workout in, and uh, go from there, but kind of watch some video on on their pictures and do certain things like that like I normally would but I'm not going to change anything
0: up too crazy today so that was part of the interview with Kevin Kiermaier and as I said I think he shared some candid thoughts on how much his struggles with the plate had been affecting him, whether his contract was an issue and also how he didn't let it carry over to impact him on the field. Next up conversation, and really I I feel honored to get to say this is one of my friends in the business, Andy Freed, as I said, part of the great radio team that covers the Rays with Dave Wills, with Neil Solance, and I get the opportunity to talk to these guys all the time, and and Brian Anderson and Dwayne Statz on the TV side, Alex Cordry, who just joined the team, it's an interesting group, it's a fun group to travel around with and be around the game with. But uh, we get to talk baseball a lot, and what I'm going to share with you is a conversation that Andy and I had in Miami. As I said, the Rays had not yet made the decision to fill their hole for a left-handed reliever, so that portion of the conversation, take that as illustrating why it was such a need, which they did address on Wednesday morning. Anyway, here is our conversation with Andy Freed of the Rays radio team. We're here with Andy Freed, who sees Every pitch of every game, I only seem like I'm at every game, but Andy truly does see uh, every pitch of every game along with Dave Wills and obviously part of the great radios team with Neil solon 's great friends of ours and, and a big help, and you of course hear them on the intro and outro to this podcast, but... Uh, Let's put you to work here and pick your brain a little bit, Andy. We're about a month into the season or so, and the team's been right around
1: 500. and And what are first your general thoughts on how the Rays have played? And then I'll ask you some specifics. Well, first we hear you on our broadcast, also sometimes during the game, oftentimes uh, pregame. So there's a lot of cross pollination going on here. But uh, I, I think the the biggest, the the best surprise going on is Steven Souza Jr. I mean, this is. This is a really good month for him right now. This is When you look at the, the top of the league guys and hits and average and runs batted in across the board Is at-bats look much quieter at the plate. The, the strikeouts have gone down although they've probably crept up a little bit lately but that's okay. I mean you expect him to strike out a lot uh, but I see him more calm in key situations than I have in the prior two years. So I would say he is the number one uh, best thing going that maybe we didn't expect so much. I think Corey Dickerson in left field has been a surprise. He has not been a detriment to this team. I think there are times last year where it looked like there was something missing in left field when he was out there. This year, not at all. In Miami, we saw a couple of really good plays. We've seen him tracking down balls and running them down towards the foul lines that maybe he didn't get to last year. So I think that's been a very good thing. Now, when Colby Rasmus is going to be back in left field, I would think he's probably a better outfielder, but the fact that Dickerson has hit and he's gotten better in the field, that tells me that the slimming down has worked. He hasn't lost power. He's probably gained speed. I guess I should talk to him about that diet, huh? (laughs) Maybe we all should at this point. I'm cutting down on the carbs lately, so I'm working on that too. But I I do think that he, he looks speedier. He looks more nimble out there. Uh, and, and you hear a lot of guys question about is it going to take away from the power? If anything it's kind of loosened him up I think a little bit. It, the power doesn't come from carrying more weight, I don't think. It comes from the hips, it comes from the whip of the back speed, and none of that seems to be... He he hits these fly balls that Joe Madden used to call helium balls because they just never seem to want to come down. But you should cut back on the carbs and apparently he did too, and I should also.
0: <laughs> As we all should. And it's interesting because when the Rays got Corey Dickerson, that was one of the things that they said about him was he hits the ball you know, harder and, and further than many of the other players even some of the guys that they had had so that's what they were looking for what about on the other side who to this point uh, maybe hasn't done what you would have expected and hasn't carried
1: their weight and i mean there's obviously some big names we could start with i would th- i would think i would think blake snell is at the top of that list and uh you know you, you, in a sense i don't want to come down too hard on a guy that's still within his first calendar year of in the major leagues, but. He looks lost a lot out there on the mound. And that's very much concerning right now. I think of that game in Boston when he was working out of the stretch suddenly with nobody on base and then back to the line and then the next pitch out of the stretch. That tells you that it's a guy that's, that, that's confused a bit on the mound. And look, that's not the first time that's happened. It's easy to forget that Matt Moore and David Price and a lot of the, the young pitchers for the Rays, uh, I can remember Alex Cobb, I can remember Jeff Niemann at times looked lost in their early, early uh, outings. But we are reaching that one-year anniversary, really, where he's been up here to stay. And with stuff as good as his is, it should be playing a little bit better. We're seeing a lack of fastball command right now. We're seeing things that a lot of times guys, usually by the time they get to the major leagues, if it doesn't happen right away, by now, that command usually is there. So I'm concerned about that. I'm not concerned that he's not going to turn it around. I think this is a guy that will turn it around because his stuff is just too good. Who has better stuff in the Rose rotation than Blake Snell? Nobody. I mean, Chris Archer probably has you know a higher octane fastball and slider, but in terms of four quality pitches, those are four good Major League pitches. Snell has got to figure out a way to get this turned around, and that's why we have a lot of faith in Jim Hickey, right? He's done this with, with lots of young pitchers over the years, so Snow would have to be at the top of that list, and, and Cobb hasn't really found it yet also, but I'm not as shocked at that coming off Tommy John.
0: And then offensively, I mean, I think we've seen, you know, Kevin Kiermeyer go through a very rough stretch. We've seen Evan Longoria not necessarily produce at the level that, that we're used to seeing. Brad Miller, are any of those guys, do you have a red flag on any of those three guys specifically?
1: Well, I, I would on, on Brad Miller, except for we did go through this one year ago. The, the the fact to me that he's still accepting walks is a very good sign. What is concerning is that he's not making that loud contact consistently. Now on the last road trip in Toronto he started to hit a little bit harder and, and we'll see what he does over this coming week. But it, you know, we talked to Kevin Cash about this. He is, he's trying to figure out a way to get Miller going and Weeks going. Because while Miller at least is drawing walks, Ricky Weeks has been a non-factor at the plate. You look at that first lineup. Now the Rays ended up winning the game in game one in Miami. But you can make a case that there were five number nine hitters in that lineup, guys that have hit ninth already this year or a guy that probably would hit eighth or ninth in the lineup, and yet the Rays one because they pitch well enough. But but Ricky's having a hard time making contact. Dave and I joke, by the way, every time we see Ricky this, Ricky that, it sounds like we're talking as Ricky Henderson used to always in the third person. But Ricky needs to do better. Ricky wants to do better. Uh, but he really does need to because you know, he's going to be in there a lot against left-handers. But those are two guys that I'd say at the top of the list need to get going offensively. Miller from the left side, Weeks from the right side.
0: Now the Rays have been without a left-hander reliever for a couple weeks uh, already, and, and you know it seems like it's showed up at times. And other times it hasn't been an issue. What, do you, what is your take on how Kevin Cash has worked around
1: that? You know, I, I, I'm, it, it's staggering because it, you never see that in Major League Baseball anymore. In fact, you see teams that carry two three, we've seen bullpens that have four left-handers in the bullpen. Ultimately it comes down to the fact of, do you have somebody to get left-hand batters out? It doesn't have to be left-handers. I I can remember years ago Dan Wheeler was like the first guy that we started to call our right-handed left-hander because he was so good against the lefties. Chase Whitley's done some good things. Farquhar's done some good things against lefties because they have the change-ups. But I don't think you can win consistently in this league against some of the big left-handed batters unless you have a lefty specialist. And you know, I, I, I think that they are looking, but it shows you how, how, how guys like Tony Fassus stayed around so long and guys like Randy Choate stayed around too long. Hint, hint, where is he right now? Maybe we could use him. Uh, you really need to have a, a lefty. You know, you look at a guy like Aaron Loop to me in, in Toronto. He's not a great pitcher. But you look at him, he works on that first base side of the rubber, he steps to the first base side of the dugout, and lefties look uncomfortable against him. You have to do it. Now, maybe it's helped to raise that there's not Ortiz in this division anymore. That makes sense. But at some point, you know, they're looking, they just have not been able to find him. Where have all the left-handers gone? Exactly, and and I know there are many statistics that show
0: that certain right-handers, and you mentioned a couple of them in Whitley and Farquhar who can get lefties out, but maybe this is an old school thought I have, but it seems to me, as you said, there are still times when the visual is what matters, showing the lefty, causing that left-handed batter to be uncomfortable at the plate, regardless of what the numbers and statistics
1: say. Do you you buy into that at all? I absolutely buy into it, especially because, look, if we're going to talk about pitchers overall are now conditioned. To only go maybe so deep in the games. Hitters are conditioned. Lefties, you know it's in their mind that that lefty is brought in to get me up because they think he's better than me in that situation. And who knows what's going through a, a, a batter's head. But at some point, when Brad Miller comes up or Logan Morrison comes up and they bring in a left-hander, the first thought to their mind is, am I going to get pinch hit for is there a little less confidence in me? And that guy—he he may face one batter. It's going to be me. So that's why he has a job. So I think hitters do go into those those mind games sometimes. And you know, if you don't have it, it's a, it's a glaring miss. And and the fact that Sedano is not going to be back for quite a while, you know that that it's going to be a hole at some point. It may not show up right away, although it probably has at times. I think Whitley is probably a key to that. But overall, there boy, you just hope there'd be a left hander somewhere.
0: Let me ask you this, Andy: you, uh, the Rays have now played. All of the American League East teams, you've seen all four of them. Uh, just your thoughts, maybe not not in too much depth, but just your thoughts on each of the four and, and how this division may
1: shake out. I wonder how it'll shake out it over the course of time. In baseball, I've always thought, I say always thought, over the course of however long, 20-some years, April is, a, is one month. May things start to change because scouting reports get out. What are the latest tendencies? I saw this in the minor leagues a lot. You'd have a guy that would play really well in April, and suddenly in May things would come back. And I think you see that in the major leagues as well. The Yankees have got to be an enormous surprise. I mean, I, I see all kind of flaws on that team. But they've done well because has come back. Pineda's looked like a, a Cy Young candidate. Again, Luis Seferino has been very good, and Tanaka has been able to stay healthy. So they're a giant surprise. I'm not convinced they can hold up on it. But at the same time, you play a six-inning game against Their three-headed bullpen absolutely shortens games. I think the Red Sox are the most talented team. Position-wise, it's such a long lineup. There are no breaks in that lineup. The fact that Moreland has come in and has hit has softened the loss of David Ortiz, and that's a lineup that you just hate to face. Because somebody, anybody, one through nine, you know, Sandy Leone went there and is suddenly an all-star type catcher. Uh, The Blue Jays are better than what they've shown. Uh, that to me was that was my you know I heard Mark Feinstein on this on this podcast not too long ago say that, that was his surprise pick that was my surprise pick and digging out of eight and seventeen or six and seventeen whatever it was maybe the race should take some pride apparently they're the team that got the Blue Jays going uh, and the Orioles we've learned over the years never underestimate them although I, I still see so I don't think it's a great lineup right now though they've got some great guys. At some point, doesn't a bad starting rotation have to catch up to you? You know, last year, the Orioles starting rotation had the 19th, was it 19th or 24th? Somewhere in that, like the lower third ERA, and they still made it to the playoffs. They've defied some logic here. They can shorten games too. If anything, Topper, I am heartened by the fact that the Rays are still right around 500. Uh, that they still haven't gotten their main shortstop back, that the bullpen still does not have Brad Boxberger or maybe even Sean Toddlison, who knows if he shows up. Uh, but if the bullpen can bolster and Duffy can come back and provide some, some solidity uh, around the infield, I, I think the Rays could still make a run. They're going to have to play well, but they haven't played great, and they're still absolutely in this thing that shows you how good you are and how in tune we are. You actually answered the next question, which was, can,
0: what do you think of the Rays being at about 500 to this point? And, and obviously, as you said, given all that they've missed, uh, they've actually done a good job. One last thing, Andy. Who is the key player for the rest of the season, everything you've seen for the Rays? Who is who's the one guy who can make the biggest difference, the biggest impact,
1: and, and uh, get this team to uh, keeping you working in October? Um, and how long-winded I can be also. I'm going to still go with Alex Cobb. I mean, you you have to have your starting rotation uh, solid. And right now, it's not. I mean, they're not giving. The, the the amount of innings that you need for a bullpen that is already playing with one or two or three hands tied behind their back. I mean, Colomay, I think we're learning that's that eighth inning thing where he's going to have to basically get two saves in one day. Should it be uh, an issue? It shouldn't in theory, but even as he said to you in the Tampa Bay Times, it is an issue for these guys. They're not robots and, and he hasn't been conditioned to go eight and nine. It may not work. So to me, if Alex Cobb, just like we said about a month ago, if he can start to round into form a little bit, then it'll take some pressure off snap some pressure off Andres, and Archer and Odorizia, by and large, been pretty good. But I'll still put a big circle on Alex Cobb. Very good. and I'll big circle on a number of guys, and thank you for your time. It's always fun when I
0: get to be on the other side of the microphone and get to ask you the questions. So that's what Andy Freed had to say of the Rays over the first month. I think I share many of his thoughts as you can tell by listening I didn't agree with everything he had to say and that's the beauty of the conversations we get to have interesting next couple weeks for the Rays obviously what happens on the field they hope to get Matt Duffy back by the end of the month they continue to evolve what they're doing with the bullpen and also we'll start talking soon about the upcoming draft on June 12th where the Rays have the number four pick as a result of their struggles last season And we'll see, with the opportunity, you know, will they go for a college-type player who could help them quickly, or do they go with a high school player who'll be on a slower development track, maybe with a higher upside? They've always had different philosophies. And we hope sometime in the next couple weeks to talk with scouting director Rob Mitzler about the draft and his philosophies. Anyway, the Rays, as we say, now head into May. They're home for an extended homestand. After the Marlins, they have the Blue Jays and the Royals coming in, and then they hit the road again, and there's a big trip coming up at the end of the month, where they go to Minnesota, Texas, and Seattle. One of the tougher trips as far as just the travel and the logistics that the Rays will face this season. We hope you enjoyed the Rays Tales podcast. We'll try to do better next time. This is Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times and Bay.com. And once again, thank you for listening.
1: It's done! It's done! It's done! Thanks for listening to the Tampa Bay Times Rays Tales podcast with beat writer Mark Topkin. He'll be back with more next week. Until then, check the heater blog on tampabay.com for Rays updates.